Hello, everybody. Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast for the commercial AV integration industry. My name is Dan Farisi, and I am Editor-in-Chief of Commercial Integrator. So happy to be joined today by Bradford Ben, who is Chief Advisist at Advisist Group. The topic of this podcast is the whole AV is IT movement and school of thought. Bradford has some views about whether that actually is the case and whether it actually reflects reality. So we'll dive into that in this podcast. And thank you so much for taking some time to join us. As always, please like and subscribe to our YouTube page. And please subscribe to the AV Plus podcast on Apple and on Spotify. So happy to be joined today by Bradford Ben, who is Chief Advisist at Advisist Group. Really appreciate you taking the time, Bradford. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sorry, so, I didn't have time to decorate. We're in the process of moving in. So hence the the uh, lineup effect or mugshot effect. No worries. It just gives people nothing to focus on, but what I'm sure will be some some brilliant commentary. There'll be no distractions to take away from the content, right? Yep. All eyes on me, as Vince Lombardi would say. (laughs) So let's get right into it. We're talking about the whole idea of AV is IT, that they're one in the same. Um, Before we get into your views on whether that actually is the case, let's talk more generally about why this AV is IT hashtag is a thing. I mean, people are saying it all over AV tweets, Twitter. Um, You might disagree with it, but can you kind of talk about why that assessment has become prevalent? Why our audience might believe that AV is IT? Sure. Uh, The big reason AV and IT have started to become synonymous is in the higher education markets and the corporate markets as well as lots of other places such as theme parks, et cetera, all of the audio and video content is being streamed across the network and then putting on top of that a layer of a control system also through the same network. Typically it's ethernet, typically it's very low latency, high quality. So as such, it's AV is IT because it's riding over an ethernet backbone supplied by others or even supplied by the AV integrator. It all depends on the project. So that's a lot of the reason people think AV is IT is a, is a point. And I do agree that point happens an awful lot of the time. Uh, and it all comes down to the ubiquitousness of AV and streaming media. You know, right now you and I are streaming over Zoom. I'm doing it through a wireless network, even though my router is, you know, four feet away from me. So a prime example of AV being IT, where you have very little actual, you know, physical connections and is using the network, but not everything goes that way. But that is the big driver for AV is IT. As you said, you know, not everything goes that way. And I alluded to the fact that you may be something of a contrary voice when it comes to this AV is IT conversation, this AV is IT thought process. You don't believe that that's inescapably the case, or really that that paints like a nuanced picture of what our reality is these days. Can you kind of explain your reasoning by sharing examples, be they vertical market focused examples or technology focused examples of non-IT related AV applications that we're seeing today? 
Sure. Uh, so I do agree. AV and IT are very closely joined, if not married, or at least living together in certain vertical markets, but not all vertical markets. And that's the reason I am such a contrarian when it comes to that, is that all too often people think about their market as the entire situation. Uh, so let's say we're looking at a 500-seat house of worship, and it has a small praise band and it has, you know, the, the clergy up there and that's about it. Well, let's say you need eight to 16 inputs on a console and it's maybe 40 feet away from you. Doing an analog snake makes perfect sense or doing it wirelessly makes it perfect sense to get the signal to the console and then running everything back over copper makes sense for that market. And there is no IT in there. Now, some will say, well, you're going to use a computer-controlled DSP. Yes, that is true. Lots of mixing consoles are just fancy computers now, and lots of things have chips in them. But that doesn't mean they're connected to the network or, or part of the IT infrastructure. They're used to set up and then kind of forget. Now, some people will say that's at the lower end of the market. And I can understand that approach, but let's move up to grade school systems or elementary school systems, you know, K through 12. They have a much tighter budget and need much simpler systems. So it could simply be a retrofit of a voice lift system in the classroom with no connectivity to anything else. Once again, not IT, but still a wide deployment. And then I can take it all the way up to say a theme park where yes, it's all streaming audio. It's all streaming video. It's all on the IT network. It's all on an IP based ethernet network, but it's all within the realm of the AV integrator or AV uh, department's purview. It has nothing to do with IT because IT is more worried about point of sale and security and things like that. So the two systems are completely separate and never meet. So while yes, it's AV is IT because it's using the network, it's not IT as in the full information technology that supplies the phone, the point of sale, the video conferencing, all of that. It's just what's needed to run the network or to run the AV system. And you can, can uh, slide that all over the place in terms of the scale. A high school football stadium might not need AV over IT. And people go, well, those are small outlying markets. But I'm like, no, almost every town has a high school and almost every high school has a sports team of some sort where they're going to use something. And it could be something as simple as powered speakers on a stick and a, and a corded microphone, but that's still AV and it's still a moneymaker for a lot of people. So that's one of the reasons I'm so contrarian to AV as IT being a, a dead fast rule. I'll be the first to admit a lot of my success came from knowing AV and being an IT network nerd and being able to put the two together. But at the same time, I also realize it's not the same solution for every problem. And you actually have to look and evaluate each problem and not try to go, okay, I can do this and this and this and this and that. 
it might not be the right approach. It might be a smaller market. You know, we can talk about all the little edge cases, but every so often I kind of like to remember to remind people that yes, there are the big bluebirds of large campuses and large stadiums and large theme parks and this and that, and you know, large shopping malls. But just as often there is a retail store or a restaurant and bar that their entire AV system is a TV with an HDMI input into the display uh, coming from, you know, uh, Apple TV box. And that then goes into their local stereo that they took out of home and turn it up. And that's a perfectly acceptable solution for that market. Now, could we do it better? Yes. Are there advantages to doing it better? Yes. Can every project afford it? No. So that's the reason I'm such a contrarian. It's not that I disagree that AV and IT are very good friends, possibly with benefits. Uh, it's just that not everything is. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm like, okay, define your constraints. Uh, yesterday, someone posted on Twitter uh, that Extron is the best control system. Go ahead and, and, and fight her on that. And I was like, okay, I don't want Extron controlling my house and I don't want Extron controlling the sewage plant and I don't want Extron controlling a roller coaster. So can you quantify what it's the best solution for? And I've seen it for many, many years. There's a certain myopia of this is my market, this is the world. But there's so much more out there. And especially if AV is going to, and integrators, and this industry is going to continue, it needs to spread its wings. And then, and this is getting a little long-winded, but I think this is an important point. If we look at the chip shortages and the supply chain issues, I wonder how impacted all of this would be if there was more of the old analog circuits and analog items around because they don't necessarily need those chips. So I wonder if as a result of some of this, we're going to see a throwback to the simpler times. It's definitely an interesting thought. Um, so let's concede, I think as we have to, just concede to reality that certain technologies, be it you know a portable PA system, a speaker on a stick, certain kind of applications, small houses of worship, uh, are pretty much simple AV deployments, or at least they don't have a meaningful network implication. Um, so let's think about the future now, and I'll, I'll draw an analogy to kind of frame the question. If you thought about periodicals, magazines 15 years ago or something like that, some of them were digital forward, some of them were more still gr grounded in print, but eventually, inexorably, everything has become very digital forward. There are very few publications these days that are really grounded in print anymore. So do you feel like the same is going to be the case with AV as IT, where ultimately, a decade or so from now, these people have been proved right because that's where things will inexorably go? Or do you feel like things will not inexorably go in that direction where everything eventually is on the network, even those small applications that we talked about? Uh, I think it's going to drive towards being on the network based on price because it's, let's be honest, pulling a category six or higher cable averages five to seven feet or five to seven cents per foot versus pulling 8451, 9451, or other uh, other analog cables, they're much more expensive and a little and have more challenges with 
you know, shielding and all that stuff. So I think that's going to drive it towards being on an IT infrastructure. I think with more and more security breaches, I think it's going to start separating again from being part of the IT information technology sector of being tied into that in the building. I think it's going to be on the network, but it's not going to be tied to the phone system, not going to be tied in with the point of sale. I think security is going to trump that. And then I still think that there is going to be a need for the for the simpler systems uh, that are going to be analog. Now, at some point, it's all going to go digital. Plus, even if it's an analog device, it's not networked. There's going to be a chip in there. We can all agree to that. I have a chip in my toothbrush, for goodness sakes. So, you know, we know it's all going to have a digital portion of it. But I think it's not ever going to get 100% there. The uh, comment I've used and a whole bunch of people have used is, People ask, why do manufacturers still make VGA products? And the answer is really quite simple. People keep buying them. So if you look at the current situation, I don't think I've seen a VGA input on a computer display in over 10 years, but people are still using them, especially in houses, sorry, especially in in education locations because of various reasons we can get into, such as the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the fact it's not available digital, the content's not available digitally, the fact they have such a huge install base, all of these types of things. So I think that's gonna, gonna play a part of it. Do I think digital is gonna be 80 to 90% of the market? Yeah, do I think it's gonna take over everything? No. And there's always going to be outliers is what someone's going to say. And I can always disprove the rule. But I also think people are kind of missing that there are other opportunities available beyond the the AV is IT mindset, the weekend warrior who's going to go down to Guitar Center. That's still an AV system of uh, the small house of worship the small restaurant and bar, the guy who goes out and is playing on a street corner with a powered speaker. Yes, that's not 100% AV, but that's still part of the market. It's still the talking heads, it's press conferences, it's all these things. I think you're still gonna see analog out there and I think it's still gonna play a key part in small niches of the market, such as doing a press conference uh, there's going to be an XLR patch panel instead of a digital patch panel. Not saying that the XLR is not getting it digitally, but if you look at a press conference, there are so many different media and so many different formats. XLR still works. So given that you are the chief advisist of the advisist group, one might naturally come to you for advice. So I'm now going to ask you how you would advise a traditional AV integrator whose core competencies might be hanging line arrays, mounting flat screens, pulling wire, installing control system touch panels. If they came to you and said, you know, do I really need to level up my IT skills? Do I need to hire network security experts? Do I need to learn everything that I can about how AV systems can be vulnerable to cyber attacks? Would you tell them that that's something they pretty much need to do? Or do you think that there's still a place long-term for AV integrators that are exactly that, who know exactly how to hang line arrays and mount flat screens, and that's what they do, and that's what they know? So my answer will be somewhere in the middle, and I'll explain why. Uh, so I believe you, 
with Dante and AVB and AES 52, I'm sorry, my brain just, but all the digital audio transports that are available, all the streaming over IP that's video over IP that's available. You need to know networking. Doesn't mean you need to know IT, you need to know networking. And there's a slight difference. Uh, the other thing is I would say is you might not, it might not be in your best interest to be the security expert. The liability is high. Hiring a company to do that for you or partnering with a company to be your AVIT expert or your IT security expert might be the better way to do it because one of the things I tell people is what happens if there's a vulnerability in six months and it's out of warranty? Do you want to still be responsible in the person they call? What happens if it's two years, three years? So I believe you need a grounding in basic networking technology and networking knowledge followed by knowing who to call and who to connect with for network security. And there's still the other answer, which is why, which is the question that a lot of people kind of forget to ask, why does this need to be on the network? Such as a small house of worship, it might use I, you know, audio and video over IP to transport within the room or within the building, but why does it need to be on the network? And that's usually the first thing. The other thing is what's your target market, all that. But I always tell people, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. So um, I think we've started to see companies soliciting AV integrators to do some IT-weighted kinds of applications. And likewise, we've also seen companies soliciting IT specialists to do some applications that are kind of AV-weighted in their nature. I'm actually doing a panel discussion on this at Infocom in a few months. What's your take on this idea, the idea of IT-weighted applications being uh, you know, shopped to AV integrators and likewise on the other side? Are you seeing it? Do you agree that it's something that is a real thing? And how do you believe integration a business owner should react to it if you do indeed concur that it's happening. So first of all, I have to get that date of that panel so at Infocom so I can write it down. I get free tickets, right? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think it's happening. I think it's been happening in some markets for years. Uh, I know I've done, you know, if you look at some of the heavy construction projects, uh, and yes, these are edge cases for a lot of integrators, but the electrical contractor then hires their division 16 contractors, which is all the low voltage stuff, which then typically will hire an AV integrator, which seems a little odd, but it works. Uh, so I think that's going to become more and more of an issue. I think the business model for AV and IT for a lot of places is going to be IT will provide the infrastructure and pull your wire and put and you know put your category cable in here and put a fiber drop here and put this here and then the integrator will be doing all the termination testing and verification and connection to the devices and i think in the other side a lot of the AV integrators are going to get the calls of, you're doing all this other stuff. Can you do security? Can you do fire alarm? Can you do our phones? And the answer is maybe. 
because there's all sorts of liabilities and rules. And then if you're working with a publicly traded company, there's even more rules about security, et cetera. But I do think there's going to be a lot more partnerships. And I think some of the, the monolithic companies that are crossing a billion dollars and as integration firms will be doing their own IT because it's that possible because they have that relationship with the network provide with the switching equipment providers. But I think we're going to continue to see the will, you know, the electrical contractor or the low voltage contractor will be, we'll provide the labor, you provide the smarts and terminations. And that's been the way in many large projects for years and years. So I think it's just going to start to trickle down and make more sense because the example I use is if you go to a typical point of sale at a retail store, they have an ethernet jack or sorry, a category, an, an RJ45 with a category cable connected to it must be correct for the, for the point of sale terminal. They have one for the telephone. They have, might have one that's specifically for the credit card machine. So asking them to pull one more cable to be able to put a remote control in for your, for your music source, that, as one electrician said to me, that's not even worth the time of filling out a change order. Just give me a cold bottle of water. Well, they might have said something different, but you know, I think that's going to drive a lot of it. I think there's going to be a lot of cost savings by partnering, but I don't think it's going to be practical for all integrators to do everything. I think the road to success is to, as an AV integrator, form a strategic partnership with an IT company as well as with an elect electrical company or uh, you know electricians they're doing low voltage wiring and it might be partnering with a fire alarm company but i think that's going to be the move to be more successful because i think that's kind of where we're smarter and more efficient uh, not to be too crass about it but paying an av technician to pull category cable is not the best return on investment. Going down to the local union house and picking up a union electrician to pull the cable and then you can throw them back to the union house and not have all that burden cost. That's, you know, I think gonna be the better move. It's kind of like people have been saying with the gig economy, I'm just like, yeah, there's already stuff in place for that. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I think you've given me some ideas for some of the, the directions potentially to take that panel at Infocom. And I look forward to, to seeing you in the audience there. Um, so as we've discussed, you know, you think the AV is IT viewpoint is uh, misguided or at least not really all encompassing in the way that some people would, would espouse it to be, not reflecting the nuanced reality we're seeing across applications and systems. Um, can you share just quickly any other commonly held industry views that you might take issue with, that you might be a contrarian voice? Because I'd love to hear that contrary view on something that might be a widely held shibboleth that you think is which is a little bit misguided. Yeah, so besides the fact that not everyone realizes I am the most important person in all of audio video and the most powerful, which is, of course, that's a whole nother debate, but that is misguided that you don't think it's me. Uh, the other big one is saying that all compression is bad. Uh, and, you know, it's like people say MP3 sound horrible. 
Yes, if they're barely if they're badly made, it's no different than I can make a you know pick your console a Yamaha, uh, a Digico, a Soundcraft. I can make any of those consoles sound bad if I drive it wrong. So same thing with compression, both in terms of video and audio. Uh, for those of us who are old enough to remember when laser discs were usurped by DVDs. One of the big things was some of the first DVDs looked horrible because all that people did was do the maximum compression to make it fit on the DVD and then let it run. Whereas now people are actually mastering compressing appropriately. So it becomes much better. And that's, we can talk about that on Blu-ray, on DVDs, on video over IP, all of this stuff. It's all about the application because I can give you an MP3 that is 100% not compressed because the MP3 is only the wrapper. So saying all MP3s are bad, it's a little misguided. Saying all compression is bad, a little misguided. The example I use is you and I both wear glasses or contacts. Odds of us knowing if this is a native 4K image or a compressed 4K image might be a little rough, especially at that size. So saying compression is bad to me is not an entirely accurate statement, but just like anything else, exceptions prove the rules and that you can't make blanket statements. But that's the big one for me is everyone's like, MP3 sounds horrible. Yes, if done poorly, I also can make you a pancake that does not taste like a pancake if I do it wrong. You know, it's, it's just like anything else. It's the skill applied to it. It seems like more than anything, what you're an exponent of is nuance. So AV is IT in some ways, but not in all ways. You can't make a blanket statement. Compression can be bad in some ways, but not in all ways and in all circumstances. So you can't make a blanket statement. It seems like what you're calling for really is nuance. Yes. And I think I think nuance is a good word, but I think the, the word I kind of use or the approach I use is a little bit more of awareness of all the different options out there. Uh, because for someone who works in a higher ed location, networking, networking, networking makes perfect sense because that's what they see every day. For someone that works in a small house of worship world, Networking makes no sense because that's not what they see every day. It's more of a let's look at the entire market and let's look at the right solution for everybody because what works for me might not work for someone else. It's like not everyone drives a Ferrari. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, Bradford, to share your insights with our audience and talking about some of the conversations we're seeing in AV Tweep's world about AV is IT. So happy to have been joined by Bradford Ben, who is Chief Advisist with Advisist Group. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, Bradford, how would they do that? Uh, you can go to advisist.com. Uh, I'm assuming there'll be some way of spelling that. You can, go, you can just look for Bradford Ben with two N's. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on the Twitterverse. I'm everywhere good audio is done. <laughs> well, again, thank you for taking time to be on the AV Plus podcast. My name is Dan Farisi, Editor-in-Chief of Commercial Integrator, and we look forward to sharing more great conversations like this in the weeks and months ahead. Thank you.